0: Hi, this is Fikri. Just a quick heads up. This episode which looks at the film Roh by Emir Ezwan was actually recorded some time ago. However, we decided to hold it back because the release of the film was also delayed due to the movement control order put in place by the Malaysian government. So, do bear that in mind as you hopefully enjoy this episode. Thanks. One, two, three, four. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to another episode of Thoughts on Films. Woo! Brother Moose. <laughs> My name is Fikri uh, and on the line as ever is our good brother Moose um, all the uh-huh. way from He's India. Inevitable Moose. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Fikri
1: couldn't find anyone else so
0: I'm going to feel the sick. Oh, absolutely. I- <laughs> yeah, you know your role. I mean, we all play our part in this world brother and I think it's good that you know where I'm coming from <laughs> uh, by the way speaking of which here's a quick one I haven't told you this before um, and very relevant to the topic of our podcast brother because uh, uh, somebody thought I was Bong Jun Ho yeah <laughs> um, Yeah, so basically. The one that won the Oscar, right? Yes, uh, of course, uh, this being a film podcast, I'm hoping that our listeners at home have an idea of who Bong Joon Ho is. But for those who don't know, he's basically the South Korean director of Parasite who won the Best Director Award recently and uh, quite a number of other major awards, not just at the Oscars, but also uh, at a number of other events around the world. I think it's, it's more the hair. So I just went into the cafe um, near my house and I ordered, you know, coffee and somebody just came up to me and, and just, sorry, I, I just, I, I might look a little silly here, but uh, you're not the director who won the award yesterday, are you? <laughs> so that was, uh, that was hilarious. That was hilarious. Um,
1: well, you should have said yes, you know.
0: No, I... Maybe you can get an additional free coffee for, uh, as a, a congratulations uh, for you winning know, an Oscar. You should, I mean, I mean, if I, someone pushed me and said, hey, you know, you want I would say yes. You know. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm hoping that if I did win an Oscar, I would get more than just free coffee. Perhaps even uh, some of the shortcakes uh, or shortbreads rather that they have there. Um, I, mean, I, would um,
1: actually, I, I mean, I would have like exploit that situation to the max. Like
0: <laughs> just me, you know? Well, uh, it's not in my nature, brother. Perhaps I, if, if I get another chance to do that, then I probably will. But basically, yeah, that's something that happened to me that really made my day that day. So that was weird, but fun. I, I don't get mistaken for uh, many people nowadays, um, and so to be mistaken for someone you admire a lot is something that is actually quite positive. I think. Do you get mistaken for anyone, brother?
1: Mm, not really. No, you sure? I think some someone might have like you know thought of me look like someone who is well known, but they don't approach me. So I would like to take it like that. Yeah, so it made me feel good. Mm.
0: That, you know, well actually, I think people might, you know, some people might
1: have thought that I look like someone I don't know who, or someone famous I hope, but they just don't approach me. You know, because I live in, I, I live in Malaysia, you no know, I live in India, you know, it's pretty much like you know nobody knows anyone who looks like me in that particular country. So in 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 India. so anyway no. No, I mean,
0: well, me. Um, such a complimentary
1: gestures or remarks. <laughs> uh, no, no, no free coffee for me.
0: Um, but that depends is. on how much somebody would like uh, our good friend uh, Muzamil Rahman. He, yeah. I mean that's that's the the moose or the 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 yeah. what what some would refer to as the real moose. <laughs> <laughs> we are talking about Malaysian cinema no I just uh, it's a funny thing because I, I told most about our episode where we talked about Nineveh and he saw his name there and then for a moment even he himself was confused because <laughs> he thought eh bila aku buat podcast ni <laughs> and then he realised oh okay not not me <laughs> I, I think I should have copyrighted this most to
1: become exclusively Moose are so many moves right now, right? So I feel like true changed
0: my name to something else. Exactly. Uh, I suggest that you do that to make the moose out of the situation. <laughs> uh, okay, anyway. Uh, right. So we're straying far off the beaten path, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, because we are gathered here today to talk about Roh, the latest film from Kuman Pictures. Um, Kuman Pictures accompanied by Ami Mohammed. uh, and the focus is primarily on horror films and all that jazz and, in fact, um, they had the premiere, uh, last week, which, uh, you and I could not attend because, uh, for some reason they didn't bring it to India or to Nottingham. So, <laughs> so we ended up watching the, the screener and I think it's not a bad thing and I'll, I'll, I'll explain a bit more about the experience of, of watching films, um, Via online screens and whatnot, but I think we have a decent enough idea of the film to kind of talk about it um, constructively. Um, very briefly, let's. Uh, for those of you who don't know, it's a horror film directed by Emir S. One. Uh, the synopsis, the official synopsis, okay, um, is a story set in the past in which a family gets a visit from a strange little girl with a frightening prediction. Ta da! And it does. That's from the press kit. Um, And, well, it's a horror film, so it kind of uh, walks along. Again, uh, very similar footpaths that you would find in other films. Uh, In terms of the synopsis, um, the film features Farah Ahmad uh, as uh, the mother of two kids. Uh, I think her kids are Mia Farhana, who's actually the daughter of Farah Ahmad, if I'm not mistaken, um, and Harith Hazik, Who's not? <laughs> um, he plays Anga. Uh, Mia plays the, the role of Along. We also have Namron. Uh, Namron is very... Uh, uh, I love the man, actually, to be honest with you. He's, he's just been around so long. He's done so many good things. Um, I feel like in so many ways, uh, he's like... I feel like he's just one or two roles away from really breaking out internationally as well. Do you know what I mean? Which um A lot yeah. of people are really banging on about Brom Palari and whatnot. And, and with good reason. But Namron is like, oh, you know, if you want to look at somebody to be um, like uh, uh, an actor who represents Malaysian cinema outside of Malaysia, um, I, I feel like he can be that face, you know? Uh, so I, I really like him. So very ple- very uh, pleasing to see him in the film there. Um, quite a challenging role as well, uh, in, in some ways. Um, and then you have uh, another character, uh, Tok, who is like a bomo, uh, played by uh Lojong. Um, I mentioned earlier the director Emir Ezwan, um, produced by Elise Sheikh. Uh, oh, we're going to talk about some of the other uh, crew members as well, um, uh, particularly the DOP uh, Ahmad uh, Saifuddin Musa, uh, the composer as well, um, Ryan Chesung. This is actually a lot of people are making um, their debuts with this, the feature debut, you know. Um, just very briefly brother you saw this film but did you feel like, like this is like a film made by first time feature filmmakers?
1: Well technically I think it's a quite um, uh, uh, in terms of technical aspect of the film it's, things are being handled very well hmm. even though uh, many of them actually uh, you know, making the debut in this film i think they're not uh, uh they're not uh, any inexperienced uh, uh, in the industry i think they, they've been involved in in similar uh, you know, uh i think they've been involved in the industry but not in film probably they are they they are, you know they've been doing these kind of uh, jobs mm. at this so, you know uh, they, they i think they know what they're doing you know they saw some some kids just you <laughs> yes. Yeah, I have, you know. yeah, um, absolutely.
0: I think um, they they're fairly experienced in the advertising uh, industry, uh, which I think I mean, in, in they the Malaysian have, context, I think they
1: have, uh, yeah. I think they have some working of experience.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah,
1: because, uh, yeah, yeah. Even to to pull that kind of uh, uh, you know technical aspect uh, in that what what being uh, you know displayed in the
0: in the movie, mm.
1: you need to have certain kind of experience, right?
0: Yeah. Well, uh, experience on, on one level, um, uh, that, that's a kind of like a symbiotic thing that I think is is quite interesting that, that at least in Malaysia, um, you do have uh, the different industries kind of coming together. So you have, for instance, um, the, the advertising industry, um, featuring people who primarily make their living making adverts, um, on, on a day-to-day basis, but then, uh, uh, in, in, from other industries as well. Uh, in the same week that Roh will be released in Malaysia, which is, uh, I think, on the 19th, if I'm not mistaken, um, next week. Right? We're recording this on the 11th of March. Next week, uh, also a documentary, Eye on the Ball, by Chen Yi Wen. Uh, and she's uh, attached to the star and on that side of things, you know the documentary side of things come into the players, uh, into the equation as well. so you have people from different industries um, who are uh seeping into the the filmmaking side of things and I think that's quite necessary um we uh we have uh well the the other moose if you will, or the real moose depending on who you talk to <laughs> he talked about uh, this very issue uh, the young filmmakers forum. Last year, where he talked about how, you know, if you want to make a living in the film industry, you kind of don't make a living in the film industry. <laughs> you work in other industries. And then when you're ready, you make a film. You make a feature film. And I think that's the pathway that uh, the, the filmmaking team that we have uh, here uh, have chosen um, to do. Uh, and I quite like it, actually. Um, a couple of other names I kind of want to um, bring up. Uh Reynchus Ng, I think that's the way to pronounce his name. Uh, apologies if I get it wrong. The composer, also his debut, as I mentioned just now. Uh, Taufik Kamal bin Abdurrahman. I can't quite determine whether this is the director of uh, two uh, very well-regarded short films I saw a long time ago. Uh, Terbit uh, Tiger, and Rosita binti Roslan. Uh, maybe he is, maybe he isn't. You know, when you're, when you're not in the country, when you're not in Malaysia, you can't really... Um, confirm these kind of things for sure because um, you don't meet them you know I, I feel like I, I lose out on this side of things but nevertheless uh, and uh, Falik Sharif who is uh, in, to my mind um, one of the more well-known uh, assistant directors um, possibly the the best in, in Malaysia um, he also directed the short film Kedasa Dewata so he's very experienced very professional and all this kind of stuff so there are some names here that do that do jump out um so and, and a lot of them are involved also in the short film, Ten Ringgit. Uh, I don't know if you had a chance to watch this, brother. One take, uh, about 12 to 13 minutes. And it just follows a story of, a, of, of uh, yeah, Ten Ringgit as it changes hand from one person to the other. So there's this circular narrative that I find to be quite interesting, quite meaningful, um, and and also quite applicable, um, given how there's something similar in that way that occurs in, in the context
1: of Ro. I think we used to watch it, right? Like uh, kind of uh, reminds me of uh, I think you know some images came to my mind. I think we, we, we I think we, we watched a short movie. I mean, back during
0: our your Subang days. <laughs> no Subang days. Oh my goodness, yeah. those yeah. were very far away. Back in the past. Okay. Uh we, we probably did. We probably did. Uh, we probably should yeah. do that again um, soon. Next time if I see we, you. If we have the time. Yeah, I mean that's what <laughs> we do. We you know, we don't see each other all that often. And and what do we do when we meet up? We we talk Star Wars and we watch short films. Um, we we need to get lives. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? I enjoy what I have with you. Um, and I, to be honest with you, uh, I enjoyed the film. I I really like it. There are many different things um, that that jump to mind um, in 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 a positive way, but I kind of want to get an idea of where you're coming from as well. Uh, what do you think of the film? Uh, let, let's talk about the maybe the good stuff first. Um, you mentioned just now about the technical side of things. Very accomplished, right? Yeah, I
1: think uh, if I have to, you know, list out things that I like, you know, if I want to. Uh, review, I mean, try to uh, review the film, you know, uh, at least, uh, I can say I can, you know, uh, list on things that I like and things that I don't like. I think uh, I like the cinematography work. I think it's very uh, visually very uh, striking, visually very nice. Mm. The filter that we use mm. uh, it somewhat reminds me of uh, you know Robert Eggers do uh, The
0: Witch. I don't know whether you have watched the movie, mm-hmm. I yeah. uh, I can't remember which one. Which one is this again? It's
1: a movie called The Witch by Robert Eagles. You know, it's very it's uh, a psychological trailer, similar to this uh, role. You know, they play a lot with the various, uh, you know a lot of uh, natural, very uh, you know they shoot in the jungle. Mm. So they have a similarities to that. I, mean, right. every time, I think it's available
0: on Netflix if, you have, if you're subscribed. Yeah. To, to be honest with you, it might be one of those films that I have seen, but I forgot. Uh, and I had a very weird experience, actually, in researching about this film as well, because as it turns out, for the director, Amir S1, he watched the film uh, Onibaba uh, and, and used it as... I guess as a kind of inspiration for the film, um, some you know, uh, visual um, factors uh, that can be taken to the equation as also the, some of the story uh, and, and plot and whatnot. And, and that's good. And, but, but the thing is, I, I, I read the name Onibaba and I thought, oh, that film. I literally had not thought about that film for 10 years. I saw it a long time ago. And then I thought it was great. And and then that's it. And I just did not think about the film at all until I read about it um, in that interview with uh, Amir Eswan. So so it might be one of those films I have seen. Or maybe I'm just talking out of my behind. Who knows?
1: <laughs> I, never, I, mean, I never came across a diploma before, but uh, mm. uh, from my, you know, uh, limited movie experience as of late I think uh, Robert Uyghur's The Witch comes to mind when it comes to the visual of the films mm. I think they they, they really, they really uh, you know uh, they really uh, how to say that uh, go to the extent of trying to find uh, uh, nice uh, you know the, uh, suitable settings and all that you know they, they shoot a lot in the jungle in the, in mm. uh, it's not easy to you know to scout the whole bush, try to find a nice, you know, close-ups, uh, station shot. And I think that and I have to give uh, credits credit to the to the guy who really go, cool, really went out, uh, to the extent of, uh, you know, really try to find a uh, nice uh, shots. And I saw like the production design. Hmm. The, you know, I, I understand that it's even uh, in you know movies, so. Therefore, I think they have a very small budget. Not to say, you know, like uh, how, how, you know, not, not
0: like our budget when we, you know, shot book movie movies. So hmm. I think they, I
1: they, they, I think they, I think they, I think it's around, the, the ballpark figures of their budget, I think around 200, 30, even though, you know, for us it's huge, but still, you know, to make feature films with that kind of budget and the one, and the thing that they put, in the films, I think it's, it's, it's uh, quite uh, an accomplishment. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the, the, I think the, uh, the, the house, I think the setups, the, you know, the props, you know, like the house and all that, it doesn't look like it's been, you know, it doesn't look like a prop. It looks like a prop house.
0: It does, yeah. And then, then there are also, uh,
1: you know, other parts of, some of the some of the scenes, where they really uh, I think they really create a settings things where it look natural just to complement the stones uh, I like that as well. Um, lastly I like the boy.
0: Hazik Harik isn't it? Yeah. Yeah it, that's right. Uh it it Harith, Harith Hazik, yes. Yeah. I think, so I, I, I think it he's it is also his good film Well, uh I, I agree okay. with you on all those fronts. Um, the the figure made public uh, by the production team about the budget officially we're looking at 360,000, yeah, which is is fairly small for a feature film, but I think that probably that probably helped to explain like uh, a lot of the things like how they really made everything stretch uh, um, to cover and all this kind of stuff. So No, not
1: that you say it, you know, the uh, you know the- 26,000 and then, uh, looking back at uh, film itself you know, it's very minimalist in nature mm. so I I think it's, it's uh, most most of the you know the, the, the fun goes to pay all these crews and others
0: yeah uh, something else about uh, their payment actually they crew members um, working with human pictures in in making their films, they'll be paid royalties for the next five years. So basically, like, the money that this film brings in at the cinema, um, international screenings, and all this kind of stuff, uh, on TV, on streaming platforms and whatnot, for the next five years, uh, the crew members will be getting a percentage of that, which I think is good. Yeah, it's it's not very common in Malaysia. Uh, I think it's good.
1: It's like making all your crew members as an as associates. So yeah, I think uh, that's. Uh, I don't know whether that is comply in compliance with the union, probably
0: not. But yeah, uh, I, mean,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> I, I tell you what, this kind of stuff, um, I think is a positive step forward. It probably is not in compliance with union rules, in the sense that union rules probably need updating on on that front. Yeah, um, <laughs> but certainly um, on the ground, if you speak to people in a more general sense, filmmaking crew members they don't really get a lot of money from feature films, so this I mean, is actually uh, that, a positive you know, thing, you know. Because you,
1: in, in the sense, you know, you, you you treat your your crew like uh, associates, you know, like mm. partners, rather than just being a hired gun, right?
0: Um, yeah, I I agree absolutely.
1: And, uh, and, and it, from the business perspective, you know, uh, it, uh, you know it, it somewhat, uh, you know, you're developing with your assets because your workers are your assets. So these are people are to grow with you. Mm. And they know how your styles, what you want, and all that. Uh, and, you know, there is an establishment of a spec among crews, uh, directors, and different hierarchy of uh, in the organizations of in their productions,
0: hmm. so
1: yeah, it's refreshing to know that uh, there are you know, yeah. the production house that really take care of the of the uh, crew members because uh, you know I in my line of work sometimes I you know I came across uh, you know sometimes I you know look into I came across with this industry as well so and I had a lot of complaints about. Uh, how the crew being mistreated you know, mm. some of them not being paid you know, there's a conflict with you know, and rules and whatnot. so I think there are those uh, uh, film enthusiasts film workers film makers who just want to create an environment where everyone can be treated you know equally and with respect so in that sense yeah I, I, I uh, appreciate what they have. done
0: yeah. so, that's good. Not that. hey. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. By the way, going back, oh, hey, yeah. you're coughing like nobody's yeah. business. Are you okay, brother? Yeah,
1: I mean, um, yeah, I mean.
0: You don't have the coronavirus yeah. or anything, huh? Yeah,
1: i have crossing my fingers not because I'm going back to Indonesia. This coming, it's in March, so hopefully nothing. You know, no, no. You know, uh, you know, it's quite concern for me as well. I mean, uh, hmm. I'm afraid that I'm going to come back. I can't come back to India because of that. You know, uh, food, you know uh, scandals and all that. So there's a lot of things going on in my mind
0: right now. What 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 is so it like I, in India uh, right now? Actually, I mean, are you, yeah. are you still able to get food and and sanitizers and and all that kind of stuff, or are they like?
1: Should, uh, okay, just steering a bit from our main discussions talking about the current
0: issues
1: for this coronavirus, something called COVID nineteen, whatever you want to call it. Anyway, hmm. uh, surprisingly, uh, the outbreak in India is not that bad. Uh, at least in this region, it's not that bad. We, uh, things pretty much under control over here. We have one case where, such right now. Right? I live in Chennai,
0: mm. some sort of part
1: of the country. We have, you know, we had one case. Now that guy's recovered. So uh, and uh, the whole state government uh, screaming joy. Mm. And and uh, you know, I, mean, I understand the concerns of a country like India, where everyone's you know it's you know, it very huge, mass plan and psychological operations and everyone believe in a very complex space mm. so if there's an outbreak you know, it can easily transmit to one person to another. So the government really takes care it really takes extreme measures to to make sure you know the the, the, the outbreak can be uh, controlled. So that you know it's a concern for me because uh, in the process of sending back my son's wife my hometown uh, mm-hmm. for some uh, personal matters and then I'm coming back uh, with them for five days later so they're going to leave that uh, a few weeks and I'm coming back and concern is if I'm coming back there might be quality so I'm really want to take care of my health right now so I can avoid the kind of situations. so going back to our discussion
0: <laughs> yeah, no Actually yeah. no, this is a good yeah. this is a good chat. It's a good it's a good thing for us to for the listeners yeah. to have an idea but of what's I, what because I, because I really to be honest to with you. No, it's just that Upper because it's very pertinent. It's very um yeah. relevant and for, for uh. the most part our listeners at home I'm, I'm imagining we, we don't really uh, get to have an idea of what life is like on the ground in other places around the world so you know from the outside all you hear is oh however many hundreds of cases here um, in, in England for instance in the UK we have over 400 um, I think it's going to go up uh, very quickly but for the most part yeah. it's, it's been business as usual um, people are cleaning out some of the stuff so you can't uh, I went to Tesco earlier to get some spaghetti and and yeah, uh, kalau kalau Mak Saleh over here, I think they just stock up on the spaghetti and the um, macaroni. <laughs> so that's um, quite interesting. Um, so one or two things a bit more difficult to get, but but beyond that, I think for the most part, at least in Nottingham lah, you know, um, it's been business as usual for the most part. Um, but yeah, so as ever, you have to be careful, you know, as ever just just that what concerns me
1: about this kind of outbreak is um, there are a lot of uh, external attributes that there are a lot they're quite you know there'll be a lot of negative attributes that come with this kind of uh, outbreak you know, there will be uh, unnecessary racisms going on you know mm. I think some of the far east uh, communities like asian-oriented communities in the like, uk might have some you know, that experience right now people are trying to to sit them with whatever in China and all that, so it's just understandable. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I think I hope this kind of all these things is uh, you know, they've been sorted of out, sort of out soon because it have been affected a lot of my work, uh, of my programs been cancelled and whatnot, mm. it's limited my travel. Uh, so, yeah, so I end up, you know, stuck have to watch law, So yeah,
0: let's talk about the movies then. <laughs> let's talk about the movies, which you can do if you are stuck at home in quarantine or in self-isolation or, or whatever from, from uh, all such matters, ladies and gentlemen. Speaking of things that we don't really like, um, we're going to move on to, to the second part in a short while. We're going to take a short break um, very briefly. Um, but just before we do that, there's one thing about the film that you mentioned to me that I wouldn't necessarily disagree with one thing that you happen to not really like so much about Ro if you will should now,
1: that be in the second part
0: or oh, okay so. no there's uh, something about the pacing
1: ah yeah my god man that movie is so boring <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. you know, like this, you know okay, yeah. okay just 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 to, to, to put it out there you know? I'm a big fan of all movies. You know? I'm a Malaysian so I'm Malaysian Mm. We Malays, when it comes to horror movie, man, you know, it's like what you know, We we I I grew up with horrible, horrible movies, you know, with horror movies, mm. whether horror or in the visual form and all that. So, uh, I when you know when you came to me with that proposal of yeah, oh, this one is horror movie, but horror movies. I think you should check it out and mm. in the podcast. I was uh, quite excited, you know, um, so, and then, you know, uh, and throughout, you know the first half, you know, the first act of the movie, I understand, you know, it kind of, it kind of built, you know, uh, the movie kind of built what the view, what the, the filmmaker wants the audience to know, you know, it's a psychological horror, so, you know, being a movie buff myself, I understand. The subgenres of horror, not to say I'm experts, but when I, you know, when I see the kind of pace, the kind of visual, I know what to expect. This mm. is not the kind of movie where they, you know, beat you with jump scares, but kind of thing. yeah, I mean, I can deal with slow pace movies, man, I mean, like Robert Eager's The Beach is one of the best movies I've watched, not even a single, uh, jump scares, it's visually very striking, you know, I expect it to be like that. Mm. And, but it turns out, man, uh, you know, uh, the story is not compelling for me. Mm. And uh, there's not enough thrill to make me want to know what is going to happen next. Mm. If you don't have that in horror movies, it's not in horror movies. You need to, you know, horror, you know, horror movie need to put people on the edge. I mean, that's at least for me, you know. So, I would like to draw a comparison, you know, during the same period when I watched horror, you when know, I watched, oh, I also watched this one, uh, Iranian horror movies, which is also a psychological horror, mm-hmm. called Under the Shadow.
0: Oh, nice. It
1: also featured the, uh, mother and children, uh, you know, relationship, and their struggle or their fight against a supernatural thing. And uh, yeah, there's something that I can see some of the vibes between uh, these two movies. Uh, they take times with their pacing, uh, albeit uh, when Under the Shadow is much more better uh, in terms of presentation when it comes to the Narrative, mm. uh, in my opinion, uh, compared to uh, Raw, because they this is the uh, I think uh, the kind of uh, horror movie that doesn't really rely on jump scares; it doesn't have any jump scares. Uh, which, uh, when it comes to horror movies, it's many people are expecting that kind of uh, of uh, tropes to be there. You know, mm. uh, it's a kind of movie where you have to be really uh, invested in the story in you know, order to feel the, uh, the horror atmosphere or ethereal atmosphere that tried to mm,
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, so I, I can see some of the similarities between these two movies, uh, but, you know, the, the, the challenge and also, of course there are so many, uh, there, are so, there are quite numbers of other uh, horror movies that play with this kind of... of you know, very taking their time with the pacing, this kind of, uh, you know, uh, atmospheric narrative, uh, if I may say. Mm. And it's not easy to do, actually, because you really need to actually tell in a very compelling narrative in order to make the audience be sunny with your stories. Yeah, uh, some, of, uh, some of these are managed to do that. But, uh, another sharing is one of them. Another way I can think of is uh, of course, going back to uh, Robert Eggers, uh, *The Witch*, you know, so sort of, you know, it had that compelling narrative mm. uh, to make the audience to be, uh, you know, a, you know, suck into the story, even though they play with a very slow narrative. So yeah, I mean that You might take, it well be under the shadow actually, because I just watched it. Uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> Fair enough, you know what I, I wouldn't necessarily disagree with you i I can see the pacing is a little slower than one might come to expect from films of this ilk but I think for me the the thing that really gets to me is is more of the repetition and and you're talking about the witch and you're talking about under the shadow I'm thinking of finding Dory <laughs> And what I mean by that is, for those of you who have not seen Finding Dory, basically it is a, a story that follows the, the fish character, Dory, as she looks for her parents. And the, relative to the first film, which is Finding Nemo, quite a number of locations appear um, more than once, uh, over and over again. And that repetition, after a while it kind of disorients me because, yeah, you do get, you know, character development, you know, plot development or narrative development and all that. And repetition can also be very good at creating meaning. But with Finding Dory, there's something about the constant coming back to the same locations over and over again that disorients me as a viewer. Now, I don't know whether that's particularly deliberate or not because it could fit in with the theme because the character dory she does have a very short uh memory um, in, in the context of the film so the, the the same goes for Ro as well i'm wondering whether this is something that's quite deliberate because i feel that on some level and, and we're going to delve a lot deeper into this in the second half of today's episode emir kind of wants us to feel a little disoriented as well do you know what i mean so much, um, it's not the typical kind of film uh, where it's, you, you get your scares and you're done with it. There's something a little deeper to be dug up here that's worthy of greater consideration. And I feel that on some level, that kind of pacing and repetition of, of locations and whatnot, uh, it, it kind of disorients you. And I think maybe for you, it feels a little boring or a little slow or a little... Um, Um, less accomplished compared to some of the other films you have mentioned Mm -hmm. for me it is slightly disorienting so so that's that's my take on that Um, and in fact quite to be quite quite honest with you here's a a bit of what Amir said in an interview with BISMI with uh, The Sun Daily sometimes as a filmmaker you have to give something to your audience that they are not familiar with and Farah Ahmad also the Main actress of the film, she, in the same interview, she said, "Over time, Malaysian audiences have become cleverer and can accept a film like Ro." So, I think she
1: said. <laughs> okay. Well,
0: I tell you what, I think, <laughs> I think there's evidence of that. Um, certain films have come out with with a de- greater degree of complexity. Uh, films like Interchange, One uh, to Jagger, and whatnot. Uh, in the past, they, they are. Uh, f- relatively complex films that is um, fairly well received. But uh, coming back to Ro, we are going to see a little bit more about how clever uh, this kind of f- film and, and narrative can be because we are going to dig a little deeper under the hood and uh, just go more into the themes of films and, and whatnot. Uh, so stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. Don't go anywhere after this.
1: mengambang <laughs>
0: wow quite scary (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i don't know whether they had that in the witch or under the shadow but i would definitely not want to have this anywhere near my house um anywhere and anytime in the world brother um ladies and gentlemen welcome back to the second part of today's episode where we are going to delve a little deeper into the thematic analysis of Roe and how, why we think that it is actually not quite the, the same kind of horror films that do come up every once in a while in the context of Malaysian cinema. And I want to talk uh, about a number of different uh, things and points of view here. I mentioned earlier uh, Onibaba, um A Japanese film in which uh, two women uh, they kill soldiers and whatnot, and and this was uh, kind of hinted at in terms of the story. The hunter uh, played by Namron was rumored as uh, a soldier, I think, in a previous life or something. Something like that, I can't remember. But but there was a basic um, idea of the story um, that I think we can connect to other films. One other film that I thought about in in the context of of, uh, Japanese cinema is Rashomon because you do have uh, the idea of uh, the multiple narratives being told from different... or or the single narrative, but being told from different perspectives by different characters. Um, And in that context, uh, a common analysis that people would chance upon in Rashomon is to look at the jungle as a kind of raw subconscious element. So basically, in the jungle... Uh, that's where the real humanity emerge, And it's not very pretty. It's actually very ugly. And, and in fact, the truth is actually um, something that's represented by the sunlight. But the rays of sunlight is often hindered by the tree leaves of the, the jungle itself. So, that, that's one common analysis that people would think of um, in, in the context of Rashomon. I just wonder, how much of that do you think we can apply here to Raw? I kind of want to say yes, um, that the film does hint at a, a darker side of human nature. But I wonder whether I'm just talking out of my ass here, brother. <laughs> would you agree? Disagree?
1: Sorry, at regarding what? Uh... Uh, the, 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 the
0: jungle is the raw subconscious um, I mean it, it, when, when you are in a film context and when you are in the jungle uh, it's more of a representation of the, the raw subconscious of humanity and things that happen in the jungle are things that usually would happen that, that would hint at the darker side of human nature Macam film this film Roh ini sebenarnya. Dia cuba menunjukkan sesuatu yang negatif tentang manusia sebenarnya.
1: Well, when I first watch, when I, when I watch Will, oh, I never take the uh, metaphorical aspect of what it presents in the movie. Hmm. Uh, and I mean, I never see whatever the thing presented in the movie from the metaphorical aspect. Hmm. Like uh, what this what the jungle represent, you know how why certain is like that, or it's big like that, you know that. So probably I take it as a the face value. It's movie, you know, take hmm. uh, you know, it because they say okay, it's a movie that sets post war. I I, I take it as a post war war about the family who live in the jungle. I don't know why they live in jungle. Probably it's a story that the filmmakers try to, you know. Put it, make it that it uh, is just in the jungle. Of course, there is a uh, 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 reason for that. Uh, if you want to look from the metaphorical aspect of it, yes, I, yeah, I can see the similarity of using jungle as a theme to uh, calculate uh, the negative side of humanity. I mean, the uh, I think if you want to make a, a comparison of other movies that are using jungle as a theme to represent the uh, uh, evil in human nature or, or, or something sort like of that is. Mm. I think the most visible movie that I can think of or the most prominent movie I can think of that is like, that, that jungle as an element is Apocalypse Now. Uh, mm. Because that journey, you know, if you, I think you watch you know, Right.
0: Yeah, of course. Uh, it, it based on a book by uh, Joseph Conrad, you know I'm saying,
1: yeah. Kondrat, Kondrat. Heart, of uh, yeah, Heart of Darkness. Yeah, Heart of Darkness. So it, the, the 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 book itself uh, uh, tell a story about an expedition going deep into a jungle, which represent you know the, uh, the evil of human nature, and same goes to uh which is a couple of now as well. Mm. You know, as this group of uh special ops through the Vietnam War is trying to find uh general walker because I still remember it's one of my travel coaches at time. Mm. Uh, you know, I watched many times. And I I know you know they're using the jungle element as as uh as a, as a Metaphor is an element of uh, try to explore the evil of human nature. Like of course, you know, evil triumph at the end of the movie. Hmm. So yeah, I can see uh, it draw parallels probably because you know, Jungle represents uh, wild, wow. untamed, some sort of like. <laughs> I never see it. Uh, I never, you know uh, figure it out before because I think as it is. Yeah, probably if that is the intention of the cursors of course. That is I can see the theme there, you know. Uh what is junk to represent Right. Hmm. but you know if you are trying to reach a mass audience, this kind of element or this kind of, of, uh, of uh, hidden, you know, hidden element, you know, the, the representations of the like, jungle and all that, I don't think it would reach the mass audience. It's what uh, the leading actress saying that if the Malaysians, Malaysian people, I don't think. I don't think they should care.
0: about <laughs> 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 Have a little faith, brother.
1: <laughs> I it's not like trying to undermine the Malaysian uh, audience' capabilities of uh, dissecting all these work. because when we watch movies, we just watch it for the you know for what it is. It's mm. a horror movie, so in the, in the in the span of two hours or so. Uh, 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 you know, uh, duration. People just want to be across the movie, So they don't have time to figure out, okay, this Chakko represents
0: It depends. Um, so. I mean, because the thing is, I, I actually know what you're talking about. And the ironic thing is, when you are talking about this in this way, what I'm thinking of is a particular example of an experience I had watching the film Psycho Penculi Hati which is a film ironically directed by Namron and that film also is is a relatively complex film Uh, not everything is quite what it seemed uh, to be in the film Uh, but when I watched the film um, in the afternoon not a lot of people there but there were some people Uh, there were I think a couple uh, boyfriend and girlfriend I think be, you know um, behind me and I think from the halfway point of the film the girl just started to ask the boyfriend of all sorts of questions about the film so macam, like, misalnya if, if I recall correctly can I put he do that too bang? do you know what I mean, you know what I mean? Um, that, that kind of question that kind of tone that yeah, yeah. kind of approach and and Yeah, I get it. You know, this is a film that is meant to make you question. But this person would externalize all of these things and expect her partner to give her the answer on a silver platter. And that was actually something memorable for me because it's actually one of the few occasions where I actually, in the cinema, actually turned around and said, hey, please be quiet. Okay? I actually, like, Put my foot down metaphorically speaking and make a point to actually like shush someone and that's not something that i would often do uh, in a cinematic context so it's i understand and i see where you're coming from uh, I, I just feel that when it comes to this film um you're right maybe a, a, a lot of the mass audience if you will may not necessarily understand that but i feel that if they make a bit more of an effort you will find a lot more about uh at least what Emir is one is trying to actually reflect in the context of you know what what is humanity uh what, what does it mean to be human and, and all this kind of stuff so i i do feel that in in terms of the raw subconscious discussion in the context of jungle and whatnot um benda tu mungkin ada sedikit um the film also had plenty of uh, shots of the sky, so you had like wide shots and then just the sky, the cloud, if you will. So for me, whenever I see that in in, in a film, I'm thinking that the filmmaker is trying to include a, a kind of discussion about God, as in like, Tuhan di mana, Tuhan ada ke and whatnot. You know, you, you see a lot of this in Polish films, actually, and in Polish uh, television shows, uh, as a matter of fact. So. So this element of spirituality is also quite uh, present, I feel. Uh, and then there's also stuff about api dan tanah, which I feel in, in a way is, is also about um, ideas related to spirituality and humanity. Um, the tok, uh, one of the characters, tok is is a, a kind of bomoh. Um, I feel that the idea of bomo in, in Malay culture, it reflects a bit more about the... The adat uh, and the religious uh, influence, uh, which, in in many respects, not necessarily the same thing. So, there's just one other thing here. Uh, very early on in the film, actually, you do see. Kau, kau ingat tak, there was one scene where the kids come across uh, rusa ke I think it's a rusa, eh? um, yang damati, the tergantung daripada uh, pokok. Yeah, so I feel that, you know, because in the Malay context, you, you do have a lot of uh, woodland animals like the rusa, like the deer, like the kanchil. they they tend to symbolize intelligence. Do You know what I mean? So when you have this animal, which usually would represent a, a certain kind of intelligence, appearing very early on in the film, dead, <laughs> I feel chum. Like, I don't know, maybe I'm, I'm thinking too much at like a lecturer ke apa ke, but I'm thinking Amir is probably trying to say, um, you know what, this represents the death of intelligence. And in fact, the, the, the rest of the film kind of uh, play along similar lines because you do have, I think, one particular line of the film, I think. Uh, I, I put this down here. Hanya manusia yang boleh buat jahat. Jangan percayakan orang sangat. <laughs> and because very recently we had this change in government where you know a lot of backstabbing and all this kind of stuff so I'm reading this partly in that context as well but basically the idea of being very gullible putting our faith or, or perhaps misplacing our faith in something that is maybe not so true or not so real and, and maybe kita boleh um menghindarkan semua ini kalau kita guna otak sikit, um I feel that, yeah, these are the kind of things that Amir is trying to get at, as well. Um, so I, I don't know. Again, uh, I'm not saying that I'm right or that uh, you're wrong, apakah? But aku rasa macam memang to be honest with you, with raw film ni memang cantik. It looks beautiful, but at the same time, there's more to it than meets the eye, lah, You know, and you know, you're you're a fan of horror films yourself, then. Eh? Um, Usually, a lot of horror films do make the effort to kind of say something about uh, society as well. Uh, would you agree? What do you think?
1: Well, horror movie is always trying to you know, uh, have some uh, representations of humanity. I mean, take a look at The Walking Dead. Mm. You know, it's not really much about the zombies, but really, yeah, there is a story about the society. Mm. And how you know human being pushed to the uh, you know to, to their limits, and uh, and what makes the world it's so slippery. It's not really the zombie, but actually the interaction between human, right? Mm. So you know the zombie is just like you know I see like uh, you know the cherry on top. Uh, the makes <laughs> cherry it on top. But, I like
0: how you put that. Yeah, You're absolutely right. So
1: it's just that right, what makes people much more, you know, on the edge of their seat when they watch the movie. That is the interaction the hmm. because they invested in the characters, and what makes them scared or fear is what is going to happen to their favorite characters. Something going to die, and how they are going to die. So this is what makes the dead that compelling, and this is uh and this is always uh, a, a good trait for a good horror movie. So hey, you know, just any horror movie, but horror movie is the one that actually represent uh, also uh, the, the reflections of society. Mm. Uh, so you know, or indirectly. indirectly so that's why, you know, the horror movie always have its audience, uh, and uh, that's why I'm a fan of horror movies as well. You know? So hmm. yes, of course, it's just not as much of being scared, but it's uh, you know, it's a story about you know. Um, most of the time a good whole story is all this uh, you know hit hope. They uh, you know, hit home, you know, it's something that you can relate to. And that makes what and that's what makes it scary actually. Yeah, true, true. <laughs> yeah. It's not really about the goals or anything like that. You know, the goals and all that. It's just a represent of the you know, the, the evil or the the you know the the evil that humans are capable of doing, hmm. you know. That's why in many horror story, the you know the oppression of ghosts always, uh, you know, the the, the backstory of course ghosts, you know, the oppression of ghosts always uh, came from uh, you know it was born out of revenge, for
0: example. Yeah, yeah,
1: and all that. So yeah, and then uh, it always it is always. A factor of uh, society, actually.
0: Yeah, true. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think on some level, um, uh, that's certainly something that we can uh, definitely agree on. Uh, A lot lot of films come and go, uh, but to be quite honest with you, um, I think you're you're looking at things more in terms of style and whatnot. This is a film that looks good on, on many levels uh, comparable to quite a number of other uh, very good films as well for my part I feel that yeah dig a little deeper ladies and gentlemen and you will certainly find something worthwhile there as well I think overall basically I don't know I, I just enjoyed the film <laughs> I, I really liked it um, so yes would you recommend this to people?
1: Uh-huh. Oh, that's a million. There, there is like a million-dollar question. <laughs> <laughs> uh, usually, when if I like a movie, I go to streaming, go, 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 go and watch it. But well, uh, no, this movie, okay. To be honest, I don't even finish watching it. Oh, really? It is. Uh, yeah, it's a very tedious to watch. <laughs> okay. but <laughs> uh, I mean, to be honest, it you know, it's, it's just about to Uh, and it's. Uh, you know, probably because of um, the narrative not compelling enough for me to keep watching it
0: mm, you know? yeah. so I
1: just keep watching it for the sake of you know, watching going it to yeah. you just to know what happens next so yeah. I, I yeah so I mean, I, I mean, after act 2 I'm just like okay and this, like, I'm getting myself to watch it uh, okay the thing uh, I think this is this kind of uh of, uh, I, I would say Can I say it's a disease or something? Can I say it's a what? Uh, a lot Can I say it like a, I, I, I try to find the right term for it I, don't know, I can't call it a disease Or something like that Because The thing about bullying, bullying you know Our local Film industry is, you know, It can be visually striking Like You know High value productions You know But many of it Still Doesn't grasp That uh, You know The the art of compelling stories, you know, compelling narrative plots, and, and having a plot line. Well, like, yeah, it, it, it's entirely different matters, you know, you can mm. have a really plot line, but if you can have a compelling narrative, it's a game, I'm on board with you. Like this, this kind of dimensions affecting a lot of many movies. Also, mm. uh, you know, unfortunately, also affected role, you know, it, you know, you have a very good plotline, you know, uh, visually striking, very good, but, you know, if it doesn't tell a, like, narrative, and I'm not so, I'm not invested in the characters, I just don't care, you know, it's so it becomes tedious for me to watch. Okay. You know? All yeah. Alright. Um, I think, uh, you know, if, if you uh uh, they are not to this, you are the ardent supporter of this film. or you know the people who work in this film and you want to support it, go ahead and watch it. Mm. If you are a fan of horror um, movies or just want to, you know, uh, you a know, uh, fan of you know, this kind of uh, genre, Oh, you're very old for eagles and all that and you're expecting a very compelling narrative probably you might want to read more reviews about the film and then you make it and then decide on yourself whether you know it's one of the ticket emissions okay. for you to pay you know
0: all right. uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just my take on it. <laughs> Fair enough, no problems. Okay. I appreciate your opinion as ever because uh, the one thing that I do find compelling about our narrative is sometimes just how different your ideas can be from mine. So it's it's always lovely oh, yeah, to to have uh, uh, you know uh, this discussion with you um, once every so often. So so I do appreciate that, brother. Truly. Okay, and I hope, ladies and gentlemen, that. You have also appreciated our discussion there of the film Row by Amir Eswan. So, uh, yes, do make the time for it if you can. And, or maybe in, in the context of Moose, um, uh, read some reviews first and then decide whether you want to make the time for it or not. <laughs> it's all good. All is fair in Love and War and Malaysian horror films. Sort of. Um, but, yeah, for now. Uh, brother Moose uh, I'm good. Uh, any more? for any more?
1: Well, things recover uh, we quite extensively on uh, this film.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep.
1: So yeah, there's nothing for me to add
0: anymore. Yes. Fair enough. Thank you very much for your time, uh, Brother Moose uh, Say goodbye, All Brother right. Moose right.
1: Bye everyone. Stay safe and see you <laughs> soon again.
0: Again. Yeah, next uh, episode, I guess. <laughs> hopefully, indeed, yes. And for my part. It is a goodbye from me as well. Thank you very much for your time, ladies and gentlemen. Bye-bye.